God bless you. Amen. Grab your sermon outline. For those of you who love going online, you can go on favorlife.org and all the message uh, key points and scriptures, you can find them out there. The message will also be on our church website. I encourage you to uh, spend some time going back and uh, reviewing it. Amen. So we come back to our series we've been calling Practical God-Filled Living. And for weeks now, we've been studying principles from a, 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 a little book uh, of James, a small book of only about five chapters in the Bible, written by the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, when, when he, James, the Apostle James, wrote this book, God's people were going through immense stress, persecution. And to guide them through this stressful time, the Spirit of Jesus gave James these truths to be able to help them and make it through this time and come out victorious. Now, the situations that we're going through, as we've seen over several weeks, that are similar in our days, right? Nothing has changed. Amen. The times back uh, in biblical days are still uh, the times that we are in because the hearts of mankind are still very, very wicked. So this is a very, very, very practical book. And today I want us to look at how to diffuse arguments, how to reduce quarrels in your life. Uh, I'm sure you will agree that there's a lot of backbiting, right, in our society. There's a lot of mad slinging, a lot of accusations, a lot of drama. There are so many things that create stress and quarrels in our life. People get oversensitive and get very, very heated. And even in family members, the people that we love the most, what? Uh, they are those that we get into heated arguments and quarrels with, right? Uh, one of the most complaints that parents say is that I, 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 I have constant quarrels with my kids. I don't understand why. I love them. I don't know why we get into this argumentative mode. Uh, couples say this, uh, this a lot. We can't seem to get along with each other. We argue so much. We love each other. Why is it that we have major blow-ups over minor issues? And so we need the truths of God's word to be able to help us navigate our relationships. Because where there are quarrels, there's lack of peace, right? I mean, you could be a millionaire. Things could be going well in your life, on the job, uh, educationally, re uh, financially, physically. And when, there is, when your relationships are in trouble, guess what? Things are not going well, right? So we need to look at what the Bible says about quarrels so that we can walk in the path of God. And James just jumps right into it. He doesn't beat about the bush. So let's jump right into it. James 4, from 1 to 10, uh, and then we'll pick on that as uh, God speaks to our heart. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil disaster war within you? You want what you have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Let's keep reading. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Uh, I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, 
you make yourself an enemy of God, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him, and he gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7. So, humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and and the world. Amen. Verse 9. He says, let there be tears for what you've done. Uh, let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will what? lift you up in honor. Now, the key verse for what we've read uh, is in verse 4 and 6. And so let's all read that together. It says what? God gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Amen. So this is it, that, that the key to managing, to diffusing and re reducing course in your life is what? A heart of humility. Seeking God for his grace to be humble so that you can connect with people and not fight fire with fire. Right? <laughs> God gives grace to the humble. He says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. And God attaches a blessing to managing our life so that we will diffuse and reduce quarrels in our life. He says, I will lift you up. When you are humble, I will lift you up that in your, in your relationships you act as a conduit to bring peace uh, in life and society. So I looked up the definition of call in the Bible and the first definition that came on the internet is this. See if you agree with that. And it's very, very pertinent. It's very, very, very pertinent. Here's this. It says quarrel is what? A heated argument typically about a trivial issue between people who are usually on good terms. Right? Right? And that's what hurts the most. People who are on good terms are people who you really want to be in relationship. And it's a trivial matter. <laughs> Something that is no big deal that ends up being very heated and hot that brings sourness and division. Now, the passage that we just read is packed, is packed with so much truth, enough to be able to occupy 10 messages. I'm going to go a little fast here, so follow along, follow along, and you'll greatly be blessed by that. Uh, so, uh, to look at that from this angle, number one, what causes arguments? What are the things that get us ticked? What are the things that raise our, our blood pressure? What are the things that causes tension in the home, in our communities, on the job, in our families, in our churches? Uh, what are the things that cause that we're going to look at that? We'll, we'll definitely uncover that. And there are three of those. And then we'll also look at what is the answer, what is the cure to quarrels. And then we'll walk through the process of how can we, in practical terms, live our lives so that we will reduce quarrels in our life. Amen. And then next week we'll come and continue this message. So first and foremost, what causes quarrels in our life and what will help me quarrel less in life? Let's look at it from this amazing portion of scripture. So the thing that causes the, 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 the granddaddy, the foundation, the backdrop of all quarrels is what? Conflicting 
desires. Say that with me. Conflicting desires. The cause of quarrels are conflicting desires. And James tells us right off the bat, he doesn't beat about the bush, he just gets right onto us. So in verse 1 of James 4, he tells us, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that are war within you? Within you. Notice that God says that your conflict, your quarrel, our arguments with others are really deeply rooted in the battle that's going on inside of us. It's not them. It's not about the situation. It's not about the environment. It is everything that's going on where? Within us. Because when we are at peace within us, no matter what somebody says or does on the outside, it will have little or no effect upon us. And the thing that really triggers us is what's within us. And so someone can say or do whatever they want to when we are really have this foundational truth within us. It doesn't matter. He says the thing that causes arguments and fights all come from with desires within us. <clears throat> and, and, and God is saying that if I want to reduce friction in my life, then first I need to reduce the internal conflict that is going on within who? Me. It starts with me. Now, of course, our biggest conflict is always with God. God is the God of peace. And so the closer we are with God, we have a saturation of God's peace to be able to handle every conflict that's coming out there. The further we are from God, the less we are able to be able to counteract any kind of conflict or argument that will come from the outside. Right? The closer you are with God, the greater your ability to be able to withstand these things. Now look at what the Bible says. Today I'm going to go. For, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to leave you with a lot of scriptures uh, so that we walk away armed with God's truth. So look at Galatians 5:17, right? Galatians 5:17. It says, "For what our human nature wants is opposed to what the Spirit wants, and what the Spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants." So these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you cannot do the things that you please. Notice the last phrase, you cannot do the things you please. Uh, in other words, and James calls it that the disaster within you are what is causing problems. He says the natural nature within you will, will, will fire off, will get oversensitive, will get overheated when something on the outside comes at you. <laughs> and, and, and the Bible says that the cause of these conflicting desires is what sparks off quarrel but the root of that is our relationship with God the stronger we are rooted in God the more we are equipped to be able to handle these challenges that come our way the further away we are with God the more estranged we are the more frustrated that we'll be in our life as far as our internal peace internal self-esteem internal joy internal stamina internal patience the fruit of the spirit which is joy peace love patience endurance all these things what we go so low that when somebody comes in and triggers us boom it just fires off frustrated feelings will cause arguments and fights we'll either start it or we will what continue it right we won't have the ability to be able to stop it 
So the Bible teaches that, and it's clear. Scripture after scripture that the closer we are with God, the better it is. That when we have less conflicted feelings on the inside, when we are strong on the inside, oh yes, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head. Right? But you can stop them from pooping over your head. <laughs> when they are flying around, you're going to say, no, I don't want you to come around me anymore. Right? We can get an umbrella on. We can dodge them. We can swat them away. Uh, you can't stop people from saying or doing things that, that, are, that are frustrating against you. But you certainly can stop them from making their home in your life. And the Bible makes it very clear here and other, other places in the scripture that there are three basic desires that, that irk up these conflicting desires within us. I call them the three Ps. So it says, it says, the reason quarrels come are desires from within you. What are these desires? What are these desires? I call them the three Ps. A desire for possessions, a desire for pleasure, and desire for power. Desire for possessions, desire for pleasure, desire for power. And these are all natural things, but when they get twisted, boy, we're in trouble. Every single one of us want to have a desire for possessions. But when they're they out of balance, guess what? You'll be very argumentative. You will really, really be on that train of having quarrels with others. Each and every one of us have a desire for pleasures. We want to be satisfied. We want to be comfortable in life. But when they are out of balance, right, we'll be in a place where we would either start or continue arguments. And also, uh, pride and power. This is something that is innate in each and every one of us. We want to be number one. But when it becomes the number one thing in your life, then you will be a very quarrelsome person. So let's look at how James puts it this way, right? So what are the causes? What are the causes of quarrels, right? So the first cause of quarrels what? It's a desire to have possessions, right? Possessions, first P. We want to have things in life. This is a materialistic attitude. And James tells us, he says, what is causing the cause and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that are war within you? You want what you have, but you are jealous of what others have. You want to have it. You want to have what you have. You want to have what others have. You, you, you're just not content with what you have. And therefore, that creates the conflicting desires within us. That desires becomes the avenue, the spark in which whatever is out there catches us and we just what hook in on that you see god created things to be used and to enjoy hear this my friend but god created us to enjoy things and love people enjoy things and love people now if we twist it around and we love things guess what's going to happen we will come into conflict with others when all our attention are focused on things, god here's the sequence Enjoy things, love people. You twist it around, you, you love things, you wouldn't have the capacity to be able to what? Enjoy and have good, strong relationship with others. The problem is that we start loving things. I mean, we love our cars, we love our homes, we want to love this, we want to love this, we want to go on vacation, we want to do this, we want to do this, we want to do this. And guess what happens? It takes over us and therefore we get in a place where we replace the love of people for the love of things. And when you love things more than people, guess what? You're going to use people to get to the things that you need. Hello? 
you're going to what? Use people. When people don't get you what you need, guess what? You're going to get frustrated. You'll get argumentative. You intend to quarrel with them because this is, this is what you want to be who you are. No wonder Gallup, Gallup tells us that 56% of all marriages that end in divorce or all marriages that are really, even though they live on the one roof, things are not working, is because of money problems, materialism. materialism. I want this. I can't have it. Or this is what you're doing. From, from a financial perspective, I don't agree with you, and therefore, get what? It affects relationships. Materialism becomes a desire to have possessions becomes one of the key reasons where there are conflict in our relationship. James also tells us that the second reason quarrels come about is what? Pleasure. Pleasure. The desire to feel good. And again, this, this in of itself, there's nothing wrong with that. But when it gets twisted, when it gets imbalanced, guess what? They become conflicting desires within us we want to be satisfied we want to have our senses satisfied we want to feel good about ourselves we want to be comfortable but if that becomes our number one goal in life the one more i want to be always satisfied i always want to feed myself i want to feel good every single time in every single way every single place that i am if i don't feel good then guess what happened it will create frustrating emotions within you that will become the spark in which quarrels and arguments will come forth look at what the bible tells us in, in, in James 4 verse 1 and 3. It says, what is causing the quarrels and fights amongst you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want only what will give you what? Pleasure. Right? Pleasure. If that's only what you want, that in all your interactions, all your connections with, in any, on the job, at the home, in your church, in your family, in your community, it's all about your pleasure. Guess what? Because <laughs> you're not going to have your way all the time, right? And so you're going to be mad. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to agree with people because you think some, somebody is taking something away from you that they're not supposed to be. God didn't send us here to be comfortable. He sent us here to build our character. He sent us here to use us so that we are his ambassadors, so that when we go to heaven, we'll be comfortable and we enjoy his pleasures forevermore. Glory to Almighty God. Uh, it's not wrong to enjoy life, but if we love the things of this world more than loving people, guess what? Oh, we'll be in a place where we'll have what? Frustrating convictions frustrating feelings then that will be a trigger for many many arguments and quarrels and fights in our life look what the bible says uh, in the book of first timothy 6 7 it says god who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment and not to love it but to what enjoy it appreciate it and thank god for it uh, and live every day right in the grace of god and not be craving for these material things and Again, when pleasure becomes the number one goal in our life, if all it is is for us to feel good, if we ascribe to it, if it feels good, do it. <laughs> if it feels good, do it. You know, syndrome, what happens is that, oh, we, we are going to have conflicts with our family members, with our kids, we'll have problems with our spouses, we'll have conflict on the job, our communities, our families, wherever we go. Uh, amen. So number one, the desire, the desire to have possessions. And number two, the desire for pleasure are two of the desires that when they are out of balance, will cause conflict and quarrels. 
You cannot have a successful relationship with anyone when your number one, number one goal is possessions and your number one goal is pleasure. The third is this. The third cause of cause that James tells us is what? Is pride and power. Pride and power, the desire to be number one. If you want to be number one and everybody wants to be number one, well, guess what's going to happen? Not everyone can be number one at all times, so therefore there will be conflict. Because there's got to be number one and number two, right? <laughs> so if I want to be number one, wherever I go, wherever I go, I want to be the person everyone's calling on, everyone's looking to, everyone's seeking. If I want to be number one all the time, you can't be number one all the time. Guess what? When you go to the grocery store and somebody gets ahead of you, you're going to get mad. When you're in the traffic, somebody gets out, you're going to get mad. I mean, when you are uh, walking down the street and you find somebody who has pretty close than you are, you're going to get mad and frustrated. When you're on the job and they call on somebody, and they recognize somebody for something they've done and they didn't call you, then you're going to get mad because you have assumed that I've got to be number one in, every, in the family. I've got to be number one. So I'm mad with my mom, mad with my brother, mad with my child, mad with my husband, mad with this because I'm not number one right now. And God is saying, hey, it, 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 there are these frustrated feelings that will trigger arguments and quarrels in life and it comes simply from pride from pride the desire to impress the desire to be always number one is motivated by what pride and look at what the Bible tells us in Proverbs 13 10 it says what pride leads to arguments ain't that the truth if you always want to be the talk of the town they didn't, they didn't say nothing. They didn't say hello to me. They didn't even look at me. Look at what happened. So what? The reason the arguments come oftentimes is because of that de twisted desire to always want to be the who is who in society. And we get so proud to compromise. We get so proud to take a back seat. We get so proud to, to let someone have their day in the sun, finish, finish the last word, that that causes conflict. And James tells us that it is pride. When we think about the things that really hold us down, pride becomes the one. Look, right? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And God says, I, I'm declaring war on pride. Pride, which is the cause of arguments, pride, which is the cause of wanting to have power and supremacy over others, he says, I've declared war on it. He says, I will oppose you. I will cut you down. I will put bricks in your path. I will make our cause even easy things to become very difficult for you. Because you've put yourself as the God of your life. You've put yourself number one in your life. But it says, when you're humble, when you let me handle things in your life, what? I will lift you up. I will give grace to the humble. Amen. So James teaches us that the cause, the cause of, of quarrels is conflicting desires, possessions, pleasures, and pride. So what's the cure? What's the cure? And the cure is the H word. The cure is humility. The cure for arguments. The cure for quarrels is what? Humility. God gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. And God says, when you come to me, I will give you the grace. What is grace? Grace is God's power to change. I talked about these things. These are natural tendencies. We were born with them. We want to 
have possessions. We want to be in control. We want to be prideful. Even a little kid has a baby, has these three things that are working in their life. That is natural. But God is saying, I will give you the grace. Grace means power to change. Power to change your natural nature so that you can get along with people. So that you can diffuse arguments and quarrels in your life. Because naturally, naturally, you're going to always be argumentative. You're going to be quarrelsome. These three things will really war against you. But it says, come to me so that I will give you the power to change your natural nature. And that power to change the natural nature will make you a humble person. I've received the truth. What will help me quarrel less? What will help me quarrel less? Because you know it and I know it. That you've gotten a place in life where you don't like to quarrel. You don't want to be around people who quarrel. It's no fun in life. And if you could avoid that, you would really avoid it. But half the time, we don't even know how to avoid it. And so what will help me quarrel less? How can I reduce the frequency of arguments and quarrels in my life, in my marriage, and family on the job, in my church family? <clears throat> in these verses, James offers seven helpful, helpful insights to help us. And I'm going to share three today for... Uh, in the interest of time, come back next week and we'll continue the rest. Because you're going to have quarrels in your life, I humbly, humbly, humbly <laughs> recommend that you take notes. You, you take the sermon outline with you today. This, this message video will be on our church website. You go back and watch it a few times so that it sinks in your heart. Because I'm going to try to go a little bit faster. Step one is this. How do I quarrel less? Because you can't get ahead when you quarrel. You can't get ahead if you don't know how to manage quarrels because, because it's, it's going to come at you. So the first step is this. The first step is this. Is this. Read that with me. It's up on the screen. Is this. To reduce quarreling, I must realize that what? Quarreling is what? Destructive. Don't believe the lie that I told them what I want to. I just went ahead and did what I did. And so I've gotten ahead. No, no. You know it. You know that that quarrel hasn't made you a better person. It brings the worst out of you. You're not happy about it. You're not thrilled about it. And the consequences of that quarrel is perhaps where you are right now, stuck where you are and not getting ahead where you need to. So you've got to come to that understanding that no matter what it is, I've got to face the fact, I've got to understand that quarreling is what? Destructive. Say that with me. Quarreling is what? Destructive. One more time. Quarreling is destructive. And there are about 75 different teachings about quarreling in the Bible, and they are all destructive. They are all negative. Quarreling is a big deal to God. The very first brothers, Cain and Abel, had a quarrel, and we know what happens. It ended up in what? Murder. Abraham and Sarah, as a husband and wife, had a quarrel, and we know what happened. Right? It introduced Hagar into their life brought another son, Ishmael, and what happened? All kinds of chaos and headache and confusion was thrown right in the mix. Joseph and his brothers quarreled. We know what happened to that one. It, it ended up him being sold into what? Slavery. Lot quarreled with his uncle Abraham and their the, 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 the workers were fighting and quarreling with each other. What happened? They separated and went both ways. Moses had a quarrel with a Hebrew man and that resulted in what? Murder. He ran away in the desert 
And for 40 years, he was a wanderer until God came and rescued him and put him back on track in his vision. Over and over again, there are 75 scriptures and instances in the Bible where God comes and says, quarreling is a big deal. It is destructive to life. Now, at least six times in the word of God, God specifically commands us not to quarrel. We're going to walk through some of this <laughs> a little bit. Let's look at this. I mean, Ephesians 4.31. We're going to be reading a lot of scriptures about quarrel. Let's go and read that together. It says what? Stop being mean, bad-tempered, and angry. Quarreling, harsh words, and dislike of others should have what? No place in your life. Should have what? Should have what? No place in your life. And so if you say, well, that's what they do. That's what my mom and my dad did. That's what my uncles did. That's what I grew up with. That's what my neighbors, when I was growing up, they were crying. No, no, no. It's the fact that somebody else did that doesn't make it right. And God is saying, get this in your heart and your mind. So that every time it happens, you tell yourself, this is not right. God says there is no place. He said you should never have quarrel in your life. That means that whenever you have a quarrel episode, you go through this checklist. And you ask God to help me. Help me not to be mean. Help me not to be bad-tempered. Help me not to quarrel. Help me not to use harsh words. Help me not to, to dislike others. And that's what it is. He says, stop these things. And God says that quarreling, quarreling is a mark of immaturity. It's a mark of Im It doesn't show how strong you are. It shows how weak and small you are. Did you know that? L oh, look at what the Bible says on this note. Look at this. It's a mark of immaturity. Well, uh, you see babies in little kids, they pout, right? They throw themselves on the ground, and they kick, and they kick, and they can't handle themselves, and so forth, and so forth. It says, it says... He says, understand. whenever it happens, like, God, help me to grow and develop. Help me to be a better person. Help me to be able to handle this. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.3. It says, you are still only what? Baby Christians controlled by your own desires, not God, when you are jealous and divide into what? Quarreling groups. Doesn't that prove that you are still what? Babies. One in your own way. In fact, you are acting like people who don't even belong to the Lord at all. Really? God says, look, 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 look. Don't, don't lie to yourself. Don't trick yourself that what you did was cool. Yes, it will happen every now and then, and this is a growing phase. God accepts us the way we are, but doesn't leave us the way, the way we are. And God wants us to grow and develop and get to a place where step by step, gradually realize that, no, I shouldn't be doing this. That you ought to be the person who is telling yourself. No, you ought to be the person because of the truth of God's word who is convincing yourself. You are allowing the Holy Spirit to convince you that this is not the way I should act. And gradually, step by step, while bad habits are hard to break, you are in a place where you are practicing. But practice makes perfect. Bad habits are hard to break, but what? Practice makes makes perfect and you practice knowing the right way to do things when god says this is not right and in, in that you are on a path to want to make changes so the bible says quarreling is a mark of spiritual immaturity then god says that what that the people who start quarrels are troublemakers do you know that <laughs> Amen. Uh, let's let's go through a litany of scriptures about that. it's about seven of them but let's walk through it look at look at proverbs 16 28 read that it says what a devious person spreads quarrels a gossip separates the closest of friends so whenever i gossip god is saying i'm devious and that word for devious means i'm a troublemaker that's what god sees me 
right? And, and whose assessment is right, me, somebody else, or God? Let everyone else be a liar and God be what true. So if God's saying I'm being devious, in other words, I'm being what? Squirmy. Then it's like, oh gosh, wow, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Now here's a message <coughs> for pastors. You say, why am I hearing this? I'm coming to you in a minute. <laughs> Amen. So here's a, a, a qualification <laughs> for pastors. Uh, so here's the here's Apostle Paul who's uh, sharing this to to Pastor Timothy. He says, "What a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people." Right. Now God says this that if we serve the Lord, right, we are acting as His servants, then uh, we sh we are forbidden to quarrel. So as your pastor, I am what forbidden to quarrel. So whenever you see me quarrel, pull me aside and say, Pastor, calm down. <laughs> because what? Not because you say so, but God says so. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm not allowed to quarrel with anyone. Now you say, well, I'm not a pastor, so I'm off, I'm off the hook. Not so fast. Not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. Hear this. <laughs> so hear this. Hear this. Um, Titus 3, 1 or 2. He says what? Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid what? Quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. So as a believer, you and I believe as God says, we must avoid what? Quarreling. And show true humility to everyone. Oh my goodness. If that verse, Amen. Uh, if, 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 if people knew that verse uh, was in the Bible, uh, I think that there will be less quarreling, particularly around this time when elections are coming by. The vitriol, the division, the political, uh, slinging that is dividing families, tearing apart our country. God, God is saying it doesn't matter who is elected president, whether it's your guy or not your guy who gets elected as a governor or senator or whatever it is. He says you're not supposed to speak evil of them. You're not supposed to quarrel about them. That's what the Bible says. Paul told uh, Timothy, who is another pastor, here's what he says. Look at this. <laughs> hey Amen. I want to feed your heart with God's word on this subject. Look at, look at 2 Timothy 2.14. He says what? Keep reminding God's people. Why do you think God says we should keep, keep reminding us? Because we fall back to old habits, isn't that? Keep reminding God's people. That's, that's what today I'm, try, I'm trying to do. I'll keep reminding all of us, amen, including myself. Keep reminding God's people. Who, who, warn them before God against what? Calling about words. It is of what? No value. Only ruins those who listen. Why does God want us to be, be reminded and, and wants us to be warned about quarreling? Because quarreling is what? Of no value. And what? Only ruins. Only destroys. It's only something that causes destruction. So God is saying, don't do it. Don't go there. Amen. <laughs> As though we're not enough today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, look at First Timothy 6, 45. It says a conceited, in other words, prideful person shows that he doesn't understand anything. Rather, he has an unhealthy desire to what? Argue and what? Quarrel about words. This produces jealousy, rivalry, suspicion, and conflict between people whose corrupt minds has been robbed of the truth. 
Amen. And so God is saying, hey, the reason quarreling is destructive is this. Quarreling produces jealousy. Quarreling produces rivalry. Quarreling produces cursing, suspicion, and conflict between people. And so it's destructive. These things are destructive. And that is the outcome when you get into this combative mood in your life and relationships. Oh, does that sound like our culture today? <laughs> Where there is quarrel and jealousy and rivalry and cursing and suspicion and conflict between people is definitely the environment that we're living in. And God is saying, hey, be mindful of that and understand that quarreling is destructive. Uh, God also says that staying out of quarrel shows maturity and character. Look at this as a positive note. Uh, amen. An encouragement to stay above the fray. Proverbs 23 says, It's a mark of good character to what? Avert quarrels, but fools love to pick fights. Now, I'd like to be the former and not the latter, right? I want to be the matured one who is what? Averting quarrels. It's a mark of what? Good character, right? It's not, well, well, everybody does that. They said it first, so I'm just going to follow them. God and say, no, 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 no. In other words, you are a fool in the sight of Almighty God. But you get a mark of good character. The angels are <laughs> clapping, honoring, appreciating you, amen, for averting, averting quarrels when you follow the way of God. Glory to God. Now, in essence, it says, well, where does this all boil down to? <laughs> this is an amazing portion of scripture. It says that quarreling can lead to a massive destruction. Like a dam that explodes and unleashes a flood of destruction. What a, a picture, a vivid picture. I mean, how many of you see? How many of you have seen a broken dam? This is a dam that was uh, is intended to stop the river, stop the waters from flowing into town. The dam breaks, and guess what? Boom! The water comes rushing in, and there's all kinds of discussion. So that this is what the this is what the ultimate goal of quarreling is. Proverbs 17:14. Starting a quarrel is like what? Breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. How much damage has been done by a little quarrel that has escalated into a civil war, right? Little quarrel that escalates into world war, little quarrel that ex escalates into generational division, tribal division, conflict between not only you, but the entire, your family, people are walking around feeling so bad about what has happened, not just one time, but it happens for weeks and months and years to come. It creates a chasm. It says this is what starting a quarrel is like. It's like breaching a dam where the waters come rushing in and brings about destruction, irreparable destruction. We'll finally, look at this verse in Proverbs eleven twenty nine. If there's If there's one takeaway, it is this. The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worldwide left. Hello. Children will not come home. Spouses will leave. Friends will walk away. Guess what? You're going to get fired on the job. 
Customers are going to complain about you. Neighbors will not want you around. Even your own siblings would not want to be around with you. He says, this is what happens. This is, you are praying, you are doing all these things, but you haven't learned to be able to manage a quarrelsome attitude. He says, if you are provoking people to anger with resentment, what's going to happen is you finally be left with nothing worthwhile. Isn't that the truth? I mean, there are some people that you really are not excited to deal with them anymore because of their quarrelsome attitude. Right? I mean, you're not going to move in with them. <laughs> that probably will be the last place you want to go with them because you know that they're going to nag you. They will go and nag you and come up with argument where you will have no rest, no peace left. And God is saying, understand this. The first path of reducing arguments in your life is realizing the destructive power of quarreling knowledge is power you will know the truth and the truth will set you free if you know a fire burns are you going to go touch that hot coal no and guys said this is what it does <clears throat> now here's step number two step number two is this knowing what we know now about quarreling so to reduce quarreling i must decide to change and ask god for forgiveness no no scriptures that God has given us that this is it is destructive it's something that is not progressive it's something that God tells you not to do it's a warning it's a reminder God is saying hey, get it in your mind get it in your heart don't lie to yourself don't don't convince yourself that you are on the right path and so to reduce that not only do I need to be reminded of it not do I do understand I must decide that from here on I'm going to change I am going to do what change I say to myself that I'm not just going to quarrel with people anymore and, and I'm going to ask God for forgiveness for adopting a quarrel attitude for being contentious for being oversensitive for fighting fire with fire for continuing where people I, I said God help me oh help me help me help me help me help me and so you gotta tell yourself I'm going to change I am sick and tired of being a quarrelsome person no more no more no more no more no more no more God help me change I don't want to be that way for the rest of my life I'm tired of being cranky tired of being oversensitive I'm tired I'm tired I'm tired I'm tired I'm tired I don't like to be around people who are quarrelsome and so people must not want to be around me when I am in a cranky mood. Now that my eyes are opened, I want to change to help me. Now here's how James puts that in, in verse 8 to 9. James 4, verse 8b. And I read that when he says, Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. You know, he's talking about quarrels. I mean, he starts by saying, verse 1, what causes quarrels about you? And he goes through all oh, the reason quarrels happens is because of, of a desire for possession, a desire for pride, a desire for this. He says, hey, 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 hey. Let there be tears in your eyes. Let there be deep grief. What he's saying is clean up your act. Be sorry for your self-centeredness. Understand where the conflict is coming from. It's not going to take you where God wants you to go. And so he says don't minimize it. But take it seriously. Take it what? Seriously. 
to reduce crime, I must decide to change and ask for forgiveness. He says, wash your hands, which is your conduct. Clean your heart, which is your attitude. He says, you've got to first realize how serious this is and how destructive it has been in your life. It has caused doors to be closed from you, people to be turned off from your life. The enemy has used that to block a lot of things in your life. You've got to be sick and tired of it. He says, I want to change. You ask God for forgiveness and the power to change. So James says this, that to reduce quarreling, I must well realize that quarreling is destructive, number one. Number two, I must decide to change and ask for forgiveness. Here's a third step in reducing quarreling in your family, on the job, in your neighborhood, at work, in your church. The third is this. Help me out, read with me. It says to what? To reduce quarreling, I must what? Stop expecting people to meet my needs that only God can fulfill. Oh, this is a big one. It's a big cause of conflict and quarrel. I must stop expecting people to meet my needs that only God can fulfill. If a lady goes into a relationship and realizes that, oh, this guy's going to meet all my needs, guess what? There will be a lot of quarrels because he can't even meet all his needs. How much more you? If a guy goes into a restaurant, oh, this woman, oh, she's so fine. She'll meet all my, my needs. There'll be a lot of quarrels. Because she can't even meet all her needs, much less meet your needs. It, is it pretty clear? You say, oh, this, this pastor is going to meet all my needs. Oh, not me, oh. God will meet your needs. Hello? <laughs> you are in for a lot of quarrels. And so this is a big one. This is a big one. Stop expecting other people to fulfill needs in your life that only God can fulfill. Let's all say that together. A, to reduce quarreling, I must work. Stop expecting people to meet my needs that only God can fulfill. Hello. If you say, oh, you know what? Oh, my kids are going to grow and my kids will take care of me. Your kids need to grow and take care of themselves. And so when your kid isn't taking care of you, you think that, guess what, your wife or your husband is the one who is taking all the money from coming to you and there's conflict going on. Isn't that, isn't that the case? That woman he married, that man he married, that's why she, he, she's not taking care of me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Stop expecting people to meet your needs that only God, only God, only God, only God. And this is one of the major causes of conflict and, and, and quarrels on the job, in your families, in your marriages, where we expect people to meet needs that only God can meet. Now, the truth be told, it's, it's so unfair to them. And it sets up for massive letdown, massive disappointment, massive frustration, because they are not God. Hello? Your husband is not God. Your child is not God. Your boss is not God. They are not God. And so they, they, they cannot meet all your needs. <laughs> they can't. Only God will. And God will pick the people he will use to become pastors to be able to be an extension of his grace onto your life. And so stop expecting people to meet your needs that only God can fulfill. Here's what James tells us, James 4, 
Let's two beat it through. Read out to me. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with what? Wrong motives. You don't ask God because you are expecting people to meet that need. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for that, for, for that loan to be approved. <laughs> I'm waiting for that person to bless me all. I'm waiting for this person to come through for me. They are my only hope. Your only hope? Well, well, they are also waiting for somebody to help them because nobody has unlimited provisions to meet their own needs. It says you don't ask, you don't have because you don't ask God. He says you got to ask God. God is the ultimate provider. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. And when you are looking to others and not looking to God, they cannot meet all your needs. Nobody can meet your need of self-esteem. Hello? Nobody can meet your, your need for peace, your need for joy. So say, well, they're not even making me happy. Somebody needs to make you happy? Really? <laughs> I don't feel joy in this marriage. I don't feel joy in this church. But go to God. He's the God of all joy. He's the God of all peace. He's the God of all strength. He's the God of all hope. He says you don't have because you don't ask God. You are expecting it from some other source that cannot deliver. They will promise you but they can never deliver. And that will cause a lot of frustrating emotions. That will be a trigger for quarrels. Hello! And it says, even if you ask from God, you don't receive it because you ask with the wrong motivation. And again, God is saying that the cause of a lot of conflict in your life is because you're expecting other people to meet needs that only he can. Because you are seeking it from the wrong person, you are asking the wrong person. So now what God is saying, stop quarreling and start praying. Say that with me. Stop quarreling and stop praying. Look at what the Bible says on this note. Look at James 4, 46. It's, 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 it, I mean, is anyone being blessed by God? Very straightforward, but boy, chock full of wisdom, isn't that? Oh, I needed that. It says, so you are not loyal to God. You should know that loving the world is the same as hating God. And anyone who wants to be a friend of God, the world becomes God's enemy. Do you think that the scripture means nothing that says the spirit that God made to live with us wants us for himself alone? But God gives even more grace. God is the giver of more grace. He's the giver. He's the giver, the possessor and the giver. The one who begins and continues and completes a new work in you. And so look to God to fulfill your needs and not one person. Glory to Almighty God. So he says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. And God wants, wants to be our faithful love. He wants our unconditional love. He wants our focused love. And that's the only kind of love that will give you that strong self-esteem. That will give you that power. That will give you that strength. That will give you that inner ability. So that no matter what's coming, whatever argument or quarrel is coming on the outside, you can just wipe it off. Yes, one or two times you're going to fall, but you're going to get up and realize that, hey... I am the Lord's and he is mine. And I'm looking to you. 
So James teaches us, he says, to, to reduce quarrels, to diffuse quarrels first. I must realize that quarreling is what destructive. Number two, I must decide to change and ask for forgiveness. And I must stop expecting people to meet my needs that only God can fulfill. Oh, I want to come back to where I started. God is saying, I got a bonus. I got a blessing. Everything I ask you to do, there's blessing attached with that. There's the motivation. There's the goodness of God that draws us to him. He says, what am I going to get in that? God gives grace to the humble. How many of you want grace? <laughs> it gives grace to those who apply this, to, who hold on to this, who understand that the way of my life is not conflict, it's not much slinging, it's not being argumentative, it's not being quarrelsome. The way of blessing for my life is what humility, for God will give me grace. Grace is something unexpected, unearned, undeserved, something beyond your age, your race, your background, your education, something that has never happened before, something extraordinary, something miraculous, something mighty, something heavenly. says, I'm going to give you something heavenly. Glory to Almighty God. Quarrels come from conflicting desires. An unbalanced view of possessions, pleasures, and power. How can I fix it? Humility before Almighty God. What are some of the things that can guide me so that I not live a quarrelsome life to rob me? I must understand that quarrels are destructive. And so therefore, I must what, change and ask God for forgiveness. And then I must stop relying on people to meet my needs that only God can. Because if I do, I'm going to butt heads with people. Wherever you are, bow your heads and ask God to give you a heart of humility because we all need that, don't we? <laughs> oh, Father, right now, Lord God Almighty, you say you give grace to the humble, so give each and every one of us grace right now. The grace, the grace, the grace, the grace to be able to weather every, every, every quarrelsome storm, every quarreling storm that comes our way, Lord God Almighty. That want to suck us into the wind of the enemy. Father, Lord God Almighty, whatever situation your people are in, either at home, on the job, in their families, in this church, Lord God Almighty, equip each and every one of us, Jesus. Father, Lord God Almighty, enable us, Jesus, to be carriers of your peace. Carriers, Lord God Almighty, of your love and your joy. Oh, Father God, oh, Jesus, that to be troublemakers. Father, instead, Lord God Almighty, that we are throwing water on fire. We are throwing water wherever fire is brewing in relationships, Lord God Almighty. Arm us, equip us, Lord God Almighty, to fight evil with good. Jesus, oh God. There will be winners, will be winners, Lord God. Give us the attitude of Joseph who did not pin his brothers down and pin his brothers down when they came looking for him for help after he'd been elevated. But show them mercy. Oh, Father God, my Lord. Ready us, oh, ready us, ready us for this new place that you are taking us. Where the enemy has won in our lives, where the enemy has caused all kinds of challenges and problems lord god almighty open doors oh where we have walked right in that those doors have become a door of conflict a door 
of quarrel, attitude, and tension today, oh God, my Lord. Break that ground, break that ground, break that hard ground, Lord God Almighty. Break that hard ground and make it fertile. And we, your people, will dwell in unity, in love, in harmony. We, your people, Lord God, will be equipped no matter what the enemy sends. Oh, no matter what quarrelsome, quarrelsome individual that the enemy sends, that agent of the enemy to want to bring confusion in our lives in the name of Jesus. Let your truth remind us, Lord God, that quarrelsome is destructive. That, oh, we shouldn't get sucked into it, but we should lean on God for his strength. And that we should be the kind of people who are relying on you, relying on you, not others. Father, right now, we rely on you. Everyone in this place, Lord God, every need, meet it. Every struggle, Lord God Almighty, fix it. Every challenge, Lord God Almighty, remove that from their shoulders. Open doors for your people, Lord God, as they visited with you today on this Lord's Day. Let them go into the world, Lord God Almighty. Oh, strengthened by your power, equipped, Jesus, to be victorious in every situation, every encounter. Father, Lord God Almighty, bring breakthrough over breakthrough, elevation, success, growth, or oh, the lives of your people. Bless your people, mighty God, as they visited with you. In Jesus' name, oh, we love you, Lord God. Wherever you are, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, oh, why wait? Why wait? God says he gives grace, more grace to his people. Will you open your heart and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? God will take you places you've never been. He wants to be your Lord and your Savior. Since as many as believed in him, he gave him the right to become children of God. Forty years ago, over 40 years ago, I gave my life to Christ. And what a life changer has happened to me and countless others. Pray this very simple prayer with me wherever you are. Jesus, thank you for your blood that you shared for my sins. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come in my heart and take control of my life. Do whatever you please with it for your glory and for my good. Help me to love you, to trust you, and to obey you for the rest of my life. And when my time here on earth is over, on that day, Please, Lord, come and take me so that in heaven where you are, I'll be with you forever. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.